the breath is bi-directional, which means that it's the only system or the only thing that you can do really that can alter the state of your nervous system just as much as it happens naturally. So when you're in a state of high stress, it's quite possible that your breath is up in your chest, you're breathing really fast. Welcome to the Frontline Warriors Club, where we live it, not in it. Join us on this mission as we raise consciousness. You can find us on wearefrontlinewarriors.com. Now, let's take a moment to inhale. Exhale. And let the show begin. In today's episode, we would like to introduce you to Danica Doucet. Danica is a yoga teacher somatic coach, and teacher trainer. She's passionate about leadership and has overcome self-made limitations of imposter syndrome with high levels of self-responsibility. Over the years, Danica has developed strategies to connect and relate to her client's energy and system, as well as to communicate effectively in her spaces so that clients feel heard. Her focus is now on supporting leaders and navigating their client's nervous system intuitively and develop more confidence in their communication skills and individuality as a leader. Her upcoming somatic training, Breathe and Elementals, covers all of this. Hey, Danica, welcome to the show. Can you give us a little background about yourself and how you became the person you are today? Yeah, um, thank you for having me. I So basically, I became a yoga teacher about five years ago and this was kind of like super spontaneous didn't really expect to get into any of that realm um before that I was just kind of like working out going to the gym but a lot of like my life revolved around finding identities and things to latch on to to kind of fill this piece of of self-worth and so when I found yoga teaching, it became like something that was, um, that, that became a means to fill this gap. Um, I taught for about three to four years before kind of like taking a step back and, and looking at the ways that I was going about this. So right now I'm a coach, I'm a somatic uh, teacher, I do breath work as well. And and that transition for me was just realizing that doing what I was doing was kind of like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. I was making people feel really good going into a yoga class. They were feeling all right. And then they were leaving. And there wasn't like this uh, deeper transformation that was happening. It was just kind of like you do the thing and then you do it again and you do it again. And another part of that was <clears throat> just the way that I was uh, coming into these classes, I, I mentioned this like kind of um, piece that was filling up my my worthiness. Um, I wasn't actually connecting with my students. So I was going in there, I was teaching a class, I was doing all the things, saying all the spiritual things and inspiring things, but like I wasn't really connecting to the people that were there. So uh, over the last 
like year, I would say, I really dove into more of the nervous system and why I do what I do. So I started um, doing this breathwork facilitator training, and this became like a big part of my business. Another kind of part to like, oh, I'm capable of teaching this thing, but like, why am I doing that? So where I am today is um, I've kind of like reshaped my whole training that I had where I was teaching breath work, um, but more so focused on the nervous system because I think that that is like a, a really important piece that um, because breath work has become so popular nowadays, we kind of forget about um, caring for the nervous system within that. Yeah. You mentioned somatic. So what exactly yeah. is somatics? I know a little bit about it. It's like a mind-body approach where you try to figure out your feelings through how your body is reacting. Is, is that correct? What, I, what, what exactly is somatics? Yeah, so the way that I look at somatic is just anything that has to do with the body. I believe like soma on its own means body. So it's a body practice. Um, things like breath work and movement and even making noise. It's all things that will affect the body. So um, when you're looking at like somatic work, it's like breath work, you're directly going to the body rather than trying to like fix the logical mind because you see like so much mindset work out there, which I find is absolutely great. But if there's, you know, if there are things that are, uh, that we've kind of adopted for a long time, they get stored in the body. So why are we trying to like discipline ourselves with our intellectual mind when we can actually access the body? So if I'm teaching or I'm, if I'm, for example, I'm with an, a one-on-one -on -one client uh, in coaching and I notice that they're speaking from their mind, it's also differentiating like when they're up in their mind and going and going versus like allowing them to drop into the body. That's when you would use the somatic practice to come into the body so that I can talk to the body straight up rather than them having to like filter it through their logical mind. I'm reading a book right now called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's very fascinating wow. how, yes, the nervous system and our mind are completely disconnected sometimes. And you make, yeah. an, you make an interesting point how sometimes your client is way too high in their mind and you know that their nervous system in a way is like taking over. So what is that exactly? Is it a fear that they have or something gets triggered in their body where they completely become unconscious in a sense? Yeah. It's like they, it's like a disconnect, right? It's like the, the body doesn't feel safe enough to, um, to respond. So the mind will go there right away. And um, I would say that they're kind of like heady, disconnected, disassociated. So there's, there's no actual work that can happen when you're not like in your body. What causes this, this, this disconnect? Is it like past trauma, stress? What makes this disconnect yeah. happen? I think that there's a lot of different things that can go into the disconnect. It's um, when you're looking at the nervous system, uh, you have like your sympathetic and your parasympathetic. So your parasympathetic is your rest and digest. And that's your, your state of like uh, rejuvenation. And this is where you connect. This is where you like are able to have genuine interactions. But um, your system goes into a state of sympathetic whenever there's a stress. And back in the day, like, first off, your nervous system is there to protect you no matter what. It's there to keep you safe. But we can, like, 
kind of get into this stressful state um, when, you know, when it might not be a stressful situation around. Uh, and so like, once you're in that stressful state, you're going to be looking for more threats around and it's just going to reinforce that state. And if you get stuck like too much in the sympathetic, that's where your system can just shut down completely and you, you like disconnect, you numb, dissociate. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like a lot of people have a different way of responding to situations. Some people will go straight to disconnecting versus like activating their system. Um, but a lot of times you'll have the polyvagal, the, sorry, polyvagal theory uh, from Stephen Porges. If you've heard about that, uh, he kind of ex goes into depth in explaining how um, when your system is super stressed and like you can't you can't do it anymore, then it disconnects and you kind of need to activate the system again to then be able to come to a place where you um, find like more regulation. I read a book about it and he compared the nervous system of the human body to animals. And just mm -hmm. like you said, there's disassociation. It's just a protective mechanism. For example, if a deer is about to get attacked by, I don't know, I don't know if a lion attacks a deer, but whatever African deers, whatever the gazelle, there we go, <laughs> gets attacked, their nervous system protects them too. And they dis disassociate. So they don't actually feel the pain of the teeth and everything yeah. that's happening. So in our sense, too, from childhood trauma or whatever the case might be, our body's disassociating because it's a protective mechanism to feel safe, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you mentioned that yoga is more of like a temporary solution. Then how does mm -hmm. breathing play into this? How does breathe, breathing help you, you could say, kind of connect back to like the origin? Yeah. So fun thing about that is like both yoga and uh, breathing are temporary solutions. Mm. They're not like an end all. And that's that's the biggest thing. I think that breath work has been advertised as this like get high on your own supply. Like, um, you know, breath work is the way to higher consciousness or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I think that both of them are just supportive modalities to like whatever process that you're moving through. I think the bigger picture of of everything is to be able to sit with whatever's uncomfortable. So I think that breath work oftentimes is used as a way to dissipate energy rather than being able to access the body. The way that I am using it now is like in very, like just knowing why you're using it, when you're using it, what type of breath are you using um, to relate to the, the system that's in front of you. So knowing what I know about the nervous system, I can then kind of like, check in with my client and see where they're at and notice when they're coming up into their heads and do a little breath or whatnot that I find would be appropriate to bring them into the body so that we're able to access it there. But it's not something that I want to be, um, you know, doing a full 60 minute session or whatnot. And the reason why is like, I've been there, I've done that. Um, I did that for a very long time where I was just doing like a shitload of activating breath works. Mm. And I felt so good afterwards, but whatever uncomfortable sensation was in my body that I was trying to dissipate, I was releasing it for the moment, but it kept on building up and I wasn't actually getting to the root of the issue. It was mm. just constantly pushing it aside. And I think that that's what I mean by like both yoga and breath work being these practices that are 
um, that are supportive and helpful, but like you're not meant to create a dependence on it. It's just like everything else, right? Before doing all this yoga stuff, I was working out a bunch. It's just a way to distract, to uh, you 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 think like okay because yoga and breath work are healthy practices and working out or whatnot mm-hmm. it's a healthy practice that it's good and it's it is good but that is not what is gonna get you to address like those root issues of of self worth and um and fears and like imposter syndrome or like you know um, like suffering whatever you're putting onto yourself. So then what do you think is is like a solution to that? There's multiple solutions for this. I know Matt and I are big opponents of of talking about it. We feel like communication is big. If if you don't release the thoughts you have in your mind, then they're just always going to to to, to uh, be with you. They're always going to be there with you. You're always going to be thinking about them. If you don't talk to somebody about them, you're never getting that real release. Like you said, you're just using the gym or yoga or breath work as a way to kind of push it behind you or or store it for, for for next time. So do you have any any solutions that you maybe give to your clients? Uh, yeah is it maybe to talk about it what, what do you think is, works best for people you know like what has worked best for me mm-hmm. has been like a, a high levels of self-responsibility mm-hmm. i think that in those moments where you're just um like dealing with whatever you're dealing with another big thing that's come up lately is like you know there's no end to whatever you're going through. Yeah. Um, you don't like you don't need to like try to get out of the place that you're in and get to the next place. So a big part of it is like compassion for like where you're at in this moment and then just responsibility. For the longest time, I I felt like I was in a box. Mm-hmm. And I was in a box. I was in a box that I put myself in, right? It's like you create these limitations for yourself by thinking that you are a certain way and that you know, the, the thoughts that you're, that you're telling yourself, like you're allowing yourself to listen to these thoughts. And so I think like self-responsibility is the biggest thing that I lead with in my coaching containers. Um, and like, I mean, there's no, there's no cookie cutter solution to every single thing that people are going through. But I think that like gaining more responsibility gets you out of this victimhood and into more power. And in your personal story, when did you identify that yoga, breath work was just almost an identity that you kept trying to yeah. find within yourself? When were you just like, all right, this is enough, Danica. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> when did that personal responsibility happen? Yeah, uh, I think it was like an accumulation over time. It's it's also looking at the ways that I was um, that I, I was showing up and and. Uh, attaching my worth to these things it's like when I would mess up then like I really took it to heart and uh it was like I am bad and I think that that, that's where the shame is it's like I am horrible right because you know back in 2020 I was teaching yoga and um I wasn't like I wasn't actually connecting to my students and I was told then by another teacher that I was triggering people in class with the way that I was breathing and I had like this heavy breath and I had no idea I was so like not self-aware of myself for that and that just like shattered me in that moment um but then when I was able to be like okay well now I know and I can like you know take a step forward from here I can look at where (laughs) 
maybe I wasn't doing things um, that were supportive for my students and then start um, being more of a supportive leader. So from that place on, it was like, okay, how can I um, adjust myself? And it's been like this constant um, shifting as I go. It's like never ending. It's not ever thinking that I'm like there, um, that I'm the best teacher ever. And I think that that is a big thing too with like imposter syndrome that I feel like a lot of leaders get into. Am I not good enough to do this? But I found out at the end of the day, just teach what you know. And, and that's where you start. You're not trying to be anything that you're not and, and really like owning your own energy and your own like composition in that. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, responsibly for yourself and that comes with, with self-respect as well. You have mm -hmm. to respect the person that you are and you know, if you're not the person that you want to be, you could change. But first you have to understand why you feel these things, why you think about these things and kind of grow from there. You mentioned yeah. containers. What are what are containers? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. You're not the first person to, to say that. I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense to me in my mind. But um, what I uh, what I say by containers is like just like you know, just a, a container is like whatever a bowl or something that you put a, a lid on or whatnot. If you're thinking about the container that's there like energetically between you and uh, your student, whether like whether this is in my yoga teaching or within my coaching container, it's what I create, the bounds that I create around this um, energetic space that we get to share together. So the container for me is like, um, you know, setting something that's very concrete on the outside so that inside there's space to kind of move and be and and have permission to do whatever needs to be done. So a container is like really setting the boundaries of like, you know, there's no judgment here. Um, uh, there's permission to do whatever you need to do and to say no, you know, like uh, establishing power dynamics uh, from the start and um, just allowing the human that's in front of me to be powerful in their own experience um yeah setting the container where it's like you know I'm not assuming that it's a safe space because I say that it's a safe space like I will never say that and that's something that I, I used to say and that's something that I've refined as well it's like you know you create a safe container over time and uh, it's not something that's just like given it's something that's built um yeah. Is that something where you keep your emotions and feelings? Is mm -hmm. that kind of how it is? Um, I mean, you could. Yeah. It's like whatever it's whatever you want it. You want to make it really. But it's just like whatever's here. Like right now in this container, we're just having a conversation. Right. And it's like whatever. Oh, okay. through, it's like whatever's holding all of this. Okay, I was thinking of it being like a more internal thing that you have like your own container within yourself. And that's what yeah. you keep in it. Well, that too, you know, like, um, yeah, I, I, you get to, I mean, yeah, you can speak to that as well. It's like whatever's inside of your body, whatever sensations are there, emotions are there, like you get to contain them and you get to contain yourself. Like you can use it in so many different ways. Going back to breath work, I know that 
I've heard multiple times that the breath is the access point to the psyche because you're actually able to tap into your body, which is the whole somatic approach. For anybody mm-hmm. listening, what are some basic breathing techniques that they can use or incorporate in their daily life to start this approach to feel more embodied? Yeah. Um, well, first off, I, I like that you say that because, you know, the breath is bi-directional, which means that it's the only system or the only thing that you can do really that can alter the state of your nervous system just as much as it happens naturally. So when you're in a state of high stress, it's quite possible that your breath is up in your chest, you're breathing really fast. Um, and that also affects like every everything else in your body, right? The, the way your blood moves in your body, um, if you're able to digest your food or not. And then once you're able to um, come back to a state of regulation in your parasympathetic, typically you'd be breathing more like deeper in your belly, uh, you'd be breathing slower, and this also affects your whole system. So I guess if I were to kind of um, share a breath work that somebody could bring home, I would just say to first off, just like allow your breath to be whatever it is. So I think that's like huge, right? When you're thinking about breath work, you're manipulating your breath. But I think like really most importantly, you want to be allowing whatever breath is there and being able to listen to it and and know what's actually happening in your body. So if you take a moment and just listen to that. Then you can start to create more space. And what I mean by more space is like, you're not actually just breathing in and breathing out, but what's happening in your body is that you're allowing space in your body for breath to come in. So when you allow for space down in your belly, then the breath is allowed to come down. So if you just like try this, create a little bit more space around your belly. It just happens naturally. It's not something that you need to push. Um, so if you're trying just a breath at home, I would suggest, yeah, just seeing if you can create more space around your belly and you could even try a three part breath, um, where you're breathing and, and making space in your belly and then making space around your ribs. So opening up more of the sides of your body and then making space in your chest. And then as you breathe out, you could let your chest sink down first, then close your ribs up and let your belly sink. So it's kind of like belly, ribs, and chest, and then chest down, ribs together, and then belly. You could use this for like um, uh, like different counts, but if you're looking to uh, regulate your nervous system or calm your system down, oftentimes breathing out from your nose will be more helpful and also breathing longer uh, on the exhale mm. as well. I like that approach just by mentally imagining you expanding and creating space. My breath was able to drop deeper into my belly, almost like the balloon had more room to fill up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some common, I know you mentioned you were coaching uh, leaders or you're into leadership. So what are some common struggles you have seen in your clients that you've been working with? Mm, yeah, I think uh, m- mostly is just not having confidence in like their own wisdom or their own individuality uh 
trying to be something that they're not. And I like I know this because I've been there for so long um, and that just didn't work for me. You know, it's like, I'm never gonna be as good as someone try, like never gonna be as good at, at being at someone than they're gonna be at being themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's really like owning your own energy and your own composition, whatever lights you up. Um, I think that that is like, that is super important in, in leadership, but also being able to connect with your clients and like speak to the body that's right there. Oftentimes I see kind of a disconnect, even in the way that people are speaking in sessions versus like if it's a yoga session or if it's a breathwork session or whatever it is, oftentimes just the little things that they communicate, it's like you're not speaking directly to the person, uh, you're kind of speaking like out there. Uh, so I found like there's different ways of being able to communicate more effectively in those uh, in those times. And when someone is, is speaking, like you mentioned out there, how do you bring them bring them back in? Do you have them breathe for a little bit, get in tune with their body? How do you reel them in so you're actually talking to to that that person for who they are, not just their you could say their thoughts and their mind? Yeah, yeah, it's really checking in what's right here right now. Hmm. Um, and I think that what I was really speaking to was like leaders leading a space. So in that in those moments there, um, you know, I would use even just like the elementals. I I I've had this training that I and putting out it's called somatic breath and elementals and that's where i speak of the elements earth water uh, fire and space and it's about using these elements to be able to bring it back and connect with the human that's in front of you as well as just like understanding your own composition and where you stand in that why did you choose to use the word space instead of air for example i've noticed that yeah yeah I mean, you could use air, you could use okay. space. Maybe there's, there's no, like, I do enjoy using space just because it's like the space around, you know, like there's so much space around. And I feel like a lot of people are afraid of one, taking up space and then also um, allowing for space, you know, just like being silent sometimes is so much more helpful than trying to insert yourself and and speak the right things you know there's a lot to be learned from from giving space and just listening as well and then what do what do all the other elements mean and how do they impact an, an individual yeah so it's kind of like alchemizes all together but um if you're thinking about earth it's really being here so when i think about earth in my body it feels very grounding it feels present um so I want to be able to anchor down. Now, the flip side of this earth is that like, maybe if I'm, uh, if I get like too much of this, then like I, I could get stagnant, right? If you have too much earth, you're just like, <clears throat> um, so that's why you want to balance it out. You've got the space around you. So when I think of space, there's like, um, like I said, just there, you know, there's space to be able to uh, have silence. And there's also space in between you and the person that's in front of you. So you have the space and you have the earth. Um, then when you're talking about water, it's a lot about your connection to yourself. 
uh, your connection to your heart, to your gut, to be able to feel your own body that's right here. And then to also be able to connect with other people. But if you if you're like too much in this water, then you're going to end up like merging with this person that's in front of you. And um, the way that I would describe merging is like kind of taking on their experience or kind of like getting too wrapped up into it or trying to fix them or whatever, um, whatever it is that you're trying to insert yourself in them. So you would use this earth and feel the earth and then create the space around you to be able to pull out of this like merge. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the fire. It's just being able to be direct and clear and, you know, cutthroat sometimes. And uh, I mean, like not necessarily cutthroat, but just being able to bring the message across without it being sugarcoated. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it's, uh, it, it's difficult for leaders to be authoritarian. And I feel like it's kind of needed in these uh, environments for the person to feel like they can let go and be held. Mm -hmm. They need to know that you've got them. And I think that the fire really implies like, I've got you and like, I know where this is going. So what what are some things you can do to improve your confidence? Because you said that for most leaders or for most individuals, confidence is, is the biggest issue so with your teaching and your and your coaching what are like the steps do you first try to figure out where this lack of confidence came from and then work your way up from there or are you just now focus on so much of the source and focus on more of the of the action what you could do today to to change your thoughts and make you more confident what what do you which approach do you use mm, i think it's really individual for everybody but i it has a lot to do with like Focusing on your own shit, (laughs) you know, what are you good at? What lights you up and not looking at everything else that's going on around you. Like, uh, you know, not trying to produce just to produce. It's like for a long time, I was checking off boxes. Oh, if I'm a teacher, then I'm good. Oh, if I'm this, then I'm good. Then I, then I get my confidence. Then I get my self-worth. But it's like, what do you actually believe in? What do you actually want to be doing? Uh, and I think that that confidence comes from uh, becoming more of an expert at what you're at and also just like, like doing what you know, you know, not um, and like evolving from there. Someone who's been doing some work for like a couple of months is not going to have the same experience as someone who's been doing it for 20 years. But then the person of 20 years had to start somewhere. You know what I mean? And the confidence gets filled over time with that. But I think it has to do with also just showing up and connecting with the person that's right there in front of you. You'll get more confidence in, um, in being able to help people when you receive the feedback that you are helping them and you're only helping them if you're really able to be there and present with them and not just like worry about yourself in that situation. Yeah. That's yeah. powerful. Mm. And also like I would add on like the inner dialect is just understanding how you talk to yourself. You mentioned earlier in the episode I had the same issue where I was just my own worst critic and any little thing I did, which was minute to me, was this big deal. And I would just freaking bash myself because that's how I've grown up at, from, you know, childhood is any little thing I did or messed up. It's like you messed up. This is bad. And then it's, you know, you take every situation into just being this grandiose thing that you beat yourself up yeah. for. It's like, you know, back to what you were saying, Danica, was a, with the self-responsibility and self-respect, you know, like. You, you, you owe it to yourself to do these things. If you want to 
be this person that you want to be. You know, you can't shut yourself shut yourself down. You have to know that you're gonna you're gonna need to change, and it's okay to change. You're gonna need to change your thoughts, and it's okay to change your thoughts. You're a different person yeah. today than you were yesterday, but it's all it's all you. No one's gonna do it for you. Just because Matt did it one way doesn't mean hey, I'm gonna take Matt's approach and and it's gonna work exactly the way it did. There's only one Matt, and like you said, there's only. The best Matt in the world is this Matt. I can't be the best Matt. I got the best Matt right here. Thank you. Man. Only thing I could be is, is the best people. <laughs> if I if I was trying to chase the the best Matt, I'm never I'm never gonna succeed because there's only one Matt in the world. Yeah. You know, so that's one of those things where you owe yourself your self responsibility, self respect that you are as one individual and you you are who you are. So approach things in your in your own way. Of course, you know, take advice and guidance, but don't try to fully become that person because you're never going to be the, this figure that, that you want to be. No, exactly. And it's like, you're just in a competition with yourself at the end of the day. You know, you're uh, like you said too, it's, you can make different decisions as you go forward and, you know, course correct as needed, but it's important to just like, yeah, do what feels right. And if it doesn't feel right, then, then do something different. And, and that's it. And with personal responsibility, and you are also mentioning externalizing your validation, it's very hard to realize where you're leaking that energy per se. I was actually getting coached and we did a journal prompt about figuring out, hey, where is my external validation being put into? And just becoming very self-aware, taking time to see where you're needing validation from somebody to tell you're good enough or that looks good or you're almost looking at somebody to give you that feedback that it's okay to move forward versus just owning it from yourself. And I think yeah. I feel like a lot of that comes from the water that you mentioned and that uh, the four elements. And mm-hmm. I could even relate it to nursing because with, with water, as nurses, we have to become selfless in a way that those 12 hours aren't for us. We got to hold our pee in. We can't, you know, we're hungry. We can't do this. It's all about the patient the whole time. And I feel like that water just gets pushed into the, to the patient where you kind of lose yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. And that could be even with like relationships, you know what I mean? If you don't have your earth and be very grounded, you're selfless, but in a way you just give into that individual, but then also you take their personality. And that's why uh, so many times we have like friends or whoever that gets lost and they lose their identity. I I, I could uh, relate that to the water element where they just completely get engulfed by another person. They lost their grounding in themselves. Yeah. What's another, what's one lesson that you learned as a coach? That's a tough one, honestly. <laughs> I'm having to think about it. Or what has uh, coaching taught you about leadership? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it's just, it's like, it keeps on teaching me. It's it's something that I feel like is, is continuously um, kind of here, but it's just a way to uh, to connect with people really i feel like it's been a journey of of learning to listen as well learning to um to allow for people to move through whatever they need to move through and to go through their own journey and um as a coach it's been I guess the the most important thing for me has been to just hold the space in the best way that I can. And within that, they're able to kind of like go through their own journey and, and whatever they need to move through. Mm-hmm. 
it's interesting because talking to people all these years like patients and, and even friends and, and, and different individuals uh, like one thing that I, that I learned is that people aren't really looking for a solution they yeah. just want to more they want to just just be heard and acknowledged because there's times where we know how to solve someone's problems or problem but when you tell them they don't, they don't take your advice it's almost like I don't want to say you, you guide them towards a solution it's almost like you have to have them figure it out themselves yeah because I, I think, mm, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think that a big part in that is just knowing that there is no like end solution. There is no like, it's just you're learning to cope better with yourself and with people around you and with solutions that are coming your way. Mm. It's like better able to interact with these things mm. that are coming through. All right. Yeah. And then when you had these conversations with, with, with people and they figure things out themselves, it also builds confidence in them. Because yeah. sometimes we have these friends or, or people that always ask you for help or ask your opinion on this, but you're just like, why do you keep like you know you don't you don't tell them this, but in mind you're like, why do you keep asking me? Like this is like you know you got this, you, mm -hmm. you know you got this. You're, you're gonna figure it out. You don't have to always come for this approval. Like I'm not your approval process. Like you have a, you have it figured out. So now when I talk to people, I don't always give them like a solution, even though I know the answer. Because sometimes it's just it just it just doesn't really help them long term, really. That's why like, I remember my school teachers, they would always, I was always get so frustrated when I would ask them a question and they always tell me like, oh, what do you think? And I used to always get so frustrated because I'm like, I don't know. So that's why I'm asking you. So just tell me. And that's, and that's like, a, like a life lesson. Like people aren't here to give you solutions or tell you how to do things. They're just here to help you figure out what you want to do and, what, what you, and the way that you really feel. Like people aren't here to give you answers. They're just here to help you figure out what you got to figure out. And that's, that's how... I think communication works best if you're just there for somebody just acknowledge them listen to them and help them figure out themselves versus you just telling them what to do yeah absolutely and i think that when it comes to leadership there's also just um you know there are some things that i can teach them so these are kind of two different things when i'm coaching versus when i'm you know training people and i think that um when i am in in that position it's like you know just the biggest the biggest thing that i feel like um uh, those leaders could benefit from is to really connect with the person that's in front of you mm. yeah danica where can people find you uh so i'm on instagram danica m Doucette, and that's it okay and when is your also in mountain new brunswick <laughs> yeah, <for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> and when is your training the somatic training uh going yeah. to begin so uh, that is uh, November 19th and 20th. I'm doing a weekend training over Zoom. It's uh, really covering a lot of uh, how, well, first off, it, it, you, it was, it's the evolution of a breathwork facilitator training. I did a breathwork facilitator training three times last year and it's kind of shifted and changed as I went on. And this year I am really focusing more on just like the different techniques um, and how to use them intuitively. So I'm not teaching how to go and do a 60 minute breathwork session. If you want to go and do that, like you can go and do that as well. Um, but I just don't find that to be helpful. So it's more so focused on being attuned to the nervous system and being able to na navigate that more intuitively and then also have confidence as uh, in your 
communication skills, being able to uh, communicate to the body rather than speaking like to the mind. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference when you're actually like in that container and and like speaking to the person. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of it has to do with communication and nervous system awareness and then uh, some breath work. But I'm also bringing in that elementals piece where we're able to just figure out what it is that is your own constitution that feels good in your body. How do you show up as a leader within all of that and uh, interact with your people with that elemental constitution? Hmm. And Danica, before we close the show, if you could give any last piece of advice to everybody out there, what would it be? Just interact with what you have right mm. in front of you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one because sometimes we don't. We're sometimes we're blinded to what we have in front of us, and we think we need all these things. We want to, you could say, a bigger house. We want these feelings, but we're never okay with the things that, that we have. Just like we're good yeah. enough, right? Like you see that in, in couples a lot, where yeah. you know they break up and then they're like, "Damn, well now I really miss that person because you you." you forgot what you had and that that person was was right there in front of you for all these years and now you're gone and you know they're gone yeah Yeah. and thing is is like you're just going as deep as you're going and willing to interact with so if you're talking about relationships and and like friendships or whatnot it's like when you get to that point where you decide to leave oftentimes there's a wall that you're not willing to to interact with or push through and you're just going to keep on finding like other relationships where you get to that same exact wall and it just doesn't work. So interact with what you have right in front of you. Cause that's all you can really do is you're not trying to control the situation or get to another place. You get to ha- have opportunities every single day, just brought to you in front of your face to interact with. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. It's almost mm-hmm. like a big video game. Use the resources you have at hand yeah. versus always kind totally. of I'm sorry yeah. what was that and I just said totally <laughs> <laughs> Danica thank you for taking your time here being on the show we appreciate it thank you for all the knowledge mm-hmm. and maybe we'll Thanks see you next time for having me yeah, thank you so much